have the right to fully embody life in connection with nature and her cycles. We empower ourselves and others without apology or harm, aware and in awe of our united potential. We welcome the light and the shadow, knowing that the source of both is one singular divine power. With the wisdom of our ancestors and the hope of all future descendants, we lean into the unknown with grace. We release that which no longer serves us and manifest that which does. We make our own rules and then sometimes we break them. We are radical and wild. I am your expansive sister, Megan. This is your dark sister, Sam, and your red sister, Sarah. And we are rebel women with teacups. That was beautiful. That was amazing. It felt so good. Yay. That was so beautiful. You guys got to hear it back to you. Yes. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So let me introduce our expansive sister, Megan, who read that for us. Megan Conley is passionate about living a life of presence with love. The Enneagram has been a powerful tool that she leverages for compassionate self-awareness and is certified in Psyche, Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, and DEI. And she's one of our sweet, lovely goddess sister and close friends. Yes. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes, so yes, excited. yes. Good. And also, Sam, I'm just going to like think on air. Whenever we introduce ourselves or other people introduce us, like, you know, it goes, I'm your dark sister, Sam. Hi. And oh, that's good. Red sister Sarah. Hello. You know, I think that'd be cute. That would be cute. Okay, good. I'm glad we made decisions on air. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, welcome. So today, today is our very first ever interview with uh, somebody outside of me and Sam. And we're very excited and we're very excited that Megan gets to be the first. And so what we're going to do things a little bit differently this time around, and it could look different next time, or it could look exactly the same. So instead of us reviewing a tea together, we're just going to say what we're drinking and any other thing that goes with it. So I'll start. I decided just to go with a really simple, I wanted something a little bit sweet. So I have a glazed lemon loaf from Mm. Tao. Is that how you say it? Tazio. T- I think Well, sure, that goes with Tazo. that. I don't know. And I try to look on the box to see if they had a description because, you know, I'm natural description. I'm sure. But what I really do like is it says craving a lemon loaf. And so they give you a recipe for a lemon loaf on the side of the box. And I was like, that's Aww. super cute. I don't have the box with me, so I can't tell you what it says. But and I've got my um, handy dandy big ass mug. I'm like showing those two mm. but not you but I've got my big ass mug um it's an owl mug sorry that was really hot so I'm gonna like reposition it so mm. big yes when I do um when I have just like like not specialty I guess you could say all tea special look we're we're recording in the <laughs> afternoon and my animals are really active in the afternoon so my dog likes to bark and then we have a kitty cat in Megan's background. It's just going to be full and we're going to love it. But uh, yeah, I just like a really big honking mug when it's not specialty. So that's what I'm drinking. I'll go next. I'm drinking my classic um, every day, every morning throughout the day tea, which is PG Tips, um, which is not at all a fancy 
tea. It's like classic black tea, but it's the one that they most people use in England or I guess in Europe. It's like the standard, like we would have twinnings or something. They have PG tips. It's like the go-to and they're um, the bags are in disposable pyramids instead of like little pockets. So there's out of disposable teas. It gives you a little bit more, um, a little bit more like brew movement. And then also it makes a super, super, super dark tea. And then I have my non-dairy half and half replacer ripple <laughs> inside. That's what I'm drinking. Miss Megan. Okay. All right. So I have CCF tea, Ooh. cumin, coriander, fennel, Ayurvedic tea. Um, I'm feeling Fancy. a lot of like sugar hangover right now from all the sweets I've been eating. So this is supposed to help. Um sort of detox a little bit and balance things back out. So beautiful. And now is that a blend that you made yourself or did you? No, this is from Banyan Botanicals. Maybe is how you say it. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. Look at that majestic kitty behind you. I know. Klein. I know. Klein is the most beautiful cat. He looks like a wild like small like leopard ocelot like he has these rings on him it's it, and he's like white and gray and silver he's so majestic would you be willing to share a picture with us of your your kitties I and then we can share that. it on our socials yes I almost called yes. them titties because I call my cats <laughs> titties tits and titties is what I call my my littles yeah <laughs> so ridiculous I love it <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for being here on the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. So Sam, would you like to introduce the segue of what we're going to do? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, wait, first, before we go any further, so she's our first guest because, well, we love her. And also <laughs> she is hosting a um, set of three separate Enneagram workshops at the temple, one in January, one in February, and one in March. Mm -hmm. um, and the way she speaks and teaches about Enneagram is just, it's so incredibly dynamic and approachable and um, I, I was thinking that we should get her and her medicine out in front of people aside from just the workshop. That way people know what she does and also to come to our workshops. That's right. That's right. That's a great, that's, that's really great. That's really smart. Um, so we'll be doing this going forward with, uh, most, if not all of our facilitators, sometimes people don't want to do things like this. And so there's no pressure to do it, but we'll also be expanding out, um, from not just our facilitators into the interviews that we do. So, I'm excited about the new path that we're on and what a great, yeah. like, this is also, oh my gosh, this will be the very first episode of 2023. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yay. Perfect. <laughs> um, so just to reiterate in case this is your first podcast with us, we, Sam and I co-created a space called Temple of the Rebel Goddess. It's located in Dayton, Ohio. We have many, many, many amazing workshops, classes, gatherings coming up at the temple check us out templeoftherebelgoddess.com. We also have a Patreon that I've realized I've not put in the last two show notes. So perhaps I should go in there and put that in there. It's really just something supportive for Sam and I to be able to continue to do this beautiful work. And is there anything else I'm forgetting? Anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. Okay. It feels good. Yeah. feels great. So yeah. Megan, so typically we bring a reading 
um, a poem or mm -hmm. I don't know, an excerpt from a book or something that has moved mm -hmm. us or we feel applicable to to whatever it is that we're we're gonna talk about. And um, so I had texted Megan, hey, do you do you wanna be the one? Do you wanna bring something? You can bring like a poem or whatever. And uh <laughs> and I'm thinking it'll be the first one of the year. So I'm like, you know, something that either talks about like your medicine or like for the mm -hmm. upcoming year. And then she was like, you mean like the poem I wrote? <laughs> I, I totally wasn't thinking that. But then I looked back at what I wrote and it was like specifically calling that out, but unintentionally. But that's just what we happen to be reading all the time. And then I was like, yeah, Megan, you obviously have to read your yes. poem now. I so thought it. she was baiting me. Like, I'm going <laughs> to sneakily walk you into this idea. And like, it was your idea. She's like, no, it really was your idea. <laughs> Love it. All right, Megan, whenever you're ready, take it away. All right. Look at this web I've spun, the base I set so long ago, and from there I followed the instructions programmed into me. Look at this web I've built, so calculated, precise, every strand placed just so, as if I have control over perfection. Look at this web I've weaved, with threads of strength, keeping me safe in my own little world, supporting me as I move and avoid the sticky places. Look at this web I've crafted and all the shiny things it's caught, collecting all the creatures I thought I desperately needed. Look at this web I've created, the lines of silky limitations that so easily float out of me, intersecting and strengthening each other. Look at this web I've spun alone for myself and see all the pride in the time I've spent doing what I had to do. Now look at me eat this web, this masterpiece spun beautifully, tightly to expectation. Watch as I devour my home to nourish me as I create something new. It's amazing. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What, um, what inspired you to write that? It really just came out of me. I, I sat down one morning and the first, whatever, three, six verses, the look at this web, look at this web, all of that just came out of me. And um, I was actually marking Sam. I was like, this poem just came out of me, but I don't know how to end it. And I was talking about how it's about spiders. And she's like, did you know spiders eat their webs? And I was like, nope, but now I have the ending to my poem. So it was like just divine of how it came through. But um, I mean, it really does reflect a lot of where I'm at and where I've been and where I'm going, uh, being on sabbatical from a corporate job and changing my whole world upside down in many different ways. So tell us about your sabbatical, please. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess the way that I kind of speak about it is that my intention words were create and receive. I had this idea that I was going to uh, try to find a way to get myself in highest alignment of my true self by creating, crafting, getting my hands and my body moving, my heart and, and head and body, all of it aligned. And by being in that place, I would see what I would receive. And I thought creating meant like crafts or content or workshops or, or things like more specific to like a job sort of realm. And then I would receive money or a job or those sort of things. 
um, that felt more in alignment with where I want to go. In reality, the things I've been creating are a lot of space and connection and receiving a lot of uh, chaos, <laughs> maybe is one word, but awakening, healing, uh, love. Yeah, the things that I wasn't necessarily expecting to come, but that I needed in my life. And you're halfway through your sabbatical now? Is that right? A little over halfway, yeah. That's How are you feeling about, about, about it, about going back, about life before, about life after? My phrase of the of recent times has been, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I feel everything. And I try really hard to just be present in the moment and not think about what's coming. Um, mm. I don't have clear answers yet. Yeah. Can I, I want to ask two questions. I want to take a step back and I want to take a step forward. Okay. So the step back question is specifically to the piece of poetry that you wrote. Was there, or is there an underlying meaning specifically to the symbolism of spiders and, or their webs? Was there anything that like, that jumped out at you or was it just something I know you said it fell out of you but was there something about spiders specifically yeah I had been seeing spiders and webs everywhere just mm. like this whole year I've been seeing them everywhere and I don't know if other people notice them when they're in the woods or outside as much but it just felt like they were calling to me I mm. specifically in June went to a different retreat before I went to yours Sarah and they were like spiders coming up to my yoga mat while we were outside. Mm. I'm just like, what are these about? And I like, wasn't really getting it, you know? Um, after I wrote this poem, I feel like the webs and the spiders kind of stopped. So maybe I got it. <laughs> That's so cool. And I used That's to be beautiful. terrified of spiders. I used to be terrified of them. Um, and last year I went on a road trip two weeks by myself and was outside a lot and got a lot more exposure of just being around spiders. And then at your retreat and other retreats, just like being around them, like they're okay. It's okay. I can, yeah. Yeah. So. Beautiful. And then to take a step forward, you said that you had words specifically that uh, you assigned to what you would, what you wanted your sabbatical to feel like, but what prompted you to go? I need a sabbatical. I need to take this time away. What was that prompt? Mm. where to begin how to tell this shortly <laughs> um so I guess last year I took my two-week road trip I needed space I needed to figure out who I was and what I wanted I'd been on the sort of conveyor belt of mm. corporate America and just general life you know go to school get a job get married get a house da 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 check 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 and just felt off. I did not feel good or right. Like I'm using air quotes in the sense of like, it just didn't feel aligned inside of me. Things felt weird, I guess. And so I took that road trip. I came back and I was like, I need to go part-time. I still need more space for me. So I went part-time. I worked part-time for a year and I was like, I still need, I still need more space. This job is not fully aligned with my soul with my essence like this doesn't feel like why I'm here and so yeah I need I need more time for finding me loving me 
And there was a moment there was, I, I feel like, cause I can't remember how soon after the retreat, your sabbatical started, but I remember there being a moment in time, if I am remembering it correctly, where you almost stepped back and stepped away from taking the sabbatical. Is that correct? So, so what prompted you to go head, head, you know, feet first, head forward? Yeah, I, I think it was sort of the ego fear of like, why are you doing that? You can't afford to do that. Or what are people going to say? Or you're just going to be lazy and sit around and do nothing. And your husband's going to be like, so mad at you. There's all these just little chatter voices in my head of why I shouldn't do it. And, and then I was kind of like letting that persuade me almost like things aren't really that bad things aren't really that bad that you're making it out to be like you don't really need this and then I was like I don't I think it was probably the fact that I said it out loud at the retreat and then people kept asking me about it (laughs) like the accountability of no like this is real this is what I need and these people Mm. saw me and, and felt me and heard me in my truest form Mm. and, and like reflecting that back to me, not Mm. with pressure, not with, Hey, you said you're going to do this. You have to, but like, Hey, like you said this, what's going on with that? You know? Yeah. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Sam. I've kind of been bow guarding it. No, it's great. (laughs) I just, it takes me back. It was a really incredible retreat. I feel like it was, it was pivotal for a lot, um, a lot of connections, a lot of people, a lot of love, a lot of rewilding. Mm. Um, okay, wait, can I just share, can I share the moment that I fell in love with Megan? Please. Okay, I, and then so- I wonder if it's going to be the same as mine. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So we were, um, we make drums in <laughs> the retreat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Did so just maybe- yell, scream, no. or laugh okay. so loud. We can bounce back and forth in the storytelling then. Yes. Okay. So everyone has a, a raw hide, a big round that will become a drum head. And then everyone has a frame and then we make our mallets and we decorate our frame. We spend a day decorating the frame and then we actually lace it like later in the, the afternoon, evening. And I think I, I forget now, but anyways, it, it was like a process of unfolding to, to birth these drums as it always is. And then Megan, who is, um, May I say your Enneagram number? Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to out anyone. I want to keep their anonymity if that's what they would like. But she is a one. So she is a um, reformer, aka perfectionist, a yeah. self-proclaimed perfectionist, right? It has to be good. It has to be air quotes. It has to be good. It has to be right. And um, it has to and, be perfect. And, I understand that. <laughs> and I even remember saying never, ever, ever in a drum birthing that we've ever led, have I ever said anything about, hey, it may not come out the way that you expect it to. And like, that's mm-hmm. okay. Cause I remember you tossing it, tossing the baton to me to offer anything. And I was like, and then I feel like I just spewed a whole bunch of negativity. And I was like, oh, why would I say all those things? But then, okay. So cut to Megan getting her rawhide and it's out of the water. Right. And we're supposed to like, I don't remember exactly how it went, but this is my perception of it. So she's, you know, with the rawhide and, and there's a hole in her rawhide. 
It's so small. It's such a small hole, but it's like there's a hole. Like in the middle. In the middle, like where the drumming would happen. And that has never, also that has never happened in any, and we've helped over a hundred drums get made. I would say by now in the calculations and it's only happened one time. And I remember Sarah coming up to me like, Sam. I was freaking (laughs) the fuck out. I was freaking out. I was exhausted. And I was like, oh, what do I do? And then she said it was Megan that had it. And I was like, oh my God, of course, of course. If anyone was meant to have that, it was Megan. Like sweet, sweet perfectionist Megan has the the defective drum head. And then what happened after that was just, I mean, I could write journals and journals. Okay. So uh, let me explain the rest of it. So I kind of like take a step back. Cause I trust Sam's judgment so much. And Sam was like, I think at a moment at a crossroads as well of like, what do we do next? And then one of the other participants, um, hopefully it's okay that I share her name is Katie. She walked up and between the two of you, somebody had figured out to take the all or the hole punch that we use mm-hmm. to make the holes for the lacings, just to use that to take off the excess so that it makes it more I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but like at the time it made the most sense, right? Megan, jump in if you're, if you're, yeah, because yeah. it was kind of like a tear. It was a half circle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So making it the full circle sort of would make it reinforced, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because okay. the tear would keep tearing. It would just Correct. crack and crack. Correct. But if it was a circle, it would stay a circle. Yeah. So, so it wasn't, so it wasn't so big because clearly the, the the hole punch that we have is maybe a quarter of an inch or yeah, it's like the size some, of a pencil eraser. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. That's a perfect example of what it would look like. Now, what I saw next. Wait, wait, wait. Should we pause and let Megan fill in? With yeah, what do her you want? Yeah, was? yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But I want to talk about the ending and like the moment I fell in love with you. Okay. Yeah, I guess the only other context sort of piece was that, so in the morning was when we took the hides and put them in the bath. Like they were really dried out and we were putting them in the water and we were doing our ritual and ceremony around that drumming and and using the gong and the flower petals and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought I maybe like saw it then, but I didn't want to like say anything or like interrupt the flow of the circle. And I was like, it's not a big deal. It's not there. I'm making it up. Like, just go, just keep going, you know? And then when we were working with it, I'm pretty sure we had punched all the holes for the lacings around it. And then I was stretching it and like trying to pull it and position it. And that's when I kind of noticed it. And I was like, oh, man. And then, yes, everything you said. Well, okay. If I could be so bold. In in the moment of you making the decision to punch the hole to make it more structured, my awareness and it could have been that everything for me fell to silence or it could have been the entire room went to silence and you placed your hands on it and you punched the hole and then you started crying and like my heart broke into in that moment right Mm. and then you flip your head back in laughter and I can't remember exactly what you said but it was like of course of course, this is the hide that you got. Of course, this is the hide that you get to create and it's not perfect, but it works. And oh my gosh, that was, 
that was one of the most beautiful moments I had ever witnessed. It was incredibly powerful. Like yeah. the the rawest power of a woman to like, cause we were all sitting and watching yeah. and she was like approaching this ledge of like, I'm going to have to fuck this up to make it better. Like I have to willingly like make it worse. Yeah. Like on without, with my own hands, like we were all like watching you on this journey with you. And like, I feel like I could feel it like within my body when you were doing it, it was so, so incredibly powerful. Cause it was like this like devastation of all that could be, you know, and like yeah. no possibility. And it was like, you had to literally tear it all down. Otherwise the drum would, would without a doubt crack yeah. while you played it. It was like the only way. And I just love how much like drums teach us. There's just so mm. many lessons in the drum. You just, you just don't even know. I mean, literal like children, right? It's like, you don't know what this baby is that you're going to birth out. You don't know what the gifts are that it's going to hold. You may think that, you know, you may think I that, you know, know, its name and it's song. no, and you just <laughs> never know. And even, I don't know all of the drums that we've made, they just still continue to unfold. Mm. And then it's like, they're unfolding the people that are birthing them like in front of us. And it was like mm. fucking Megan cracked and like just burst into this like huge expansive form. And I was like, I could feel it. And like everyone in the room was like having this collective experience through Megan doing this like in incredibly brave. I mean, it was so simple, but it was like right. epic. It really was epic. How did you, um, now that we've like <laughs> told all the things, like how was it in that moment? Like, do you, what do you remember about the moment of creating the whole and then I will never forget you just flinging your head back with tears down your face and your smile was just, it took up your whole face. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I remember before I punched the hole in it, Sam offered me her head and she was mm, yeah, like, I've made, right. I've made so many drums. Like you can have mine, just take it. And this little part of ego is like, yeah, just take it. Then you'll have a good one. You know, I, like, <laughs> I hear you. Thank you. <laughs> um, like this feels like this is mine. Like this is mine. This needs to be mine. I need to, I need to see what happens. And my biggest fear was that even, even when I punched the hole in it, it still wouldn't work. Like it wouldn't play, it wouldn't make right, the sound right or something. And there was no way to know if that was going to happen or not. Like I just mm -hmm. had to go through with the, the process. And yeah, like <laughs> I have to ruin this thing that's supposed to be perfect. You know, all these air quotes, right? And oh, it was so tough. But then it did get silent. It was so quiet, so quiet. And all I could like hear and feel was just my heart beating and, and the tears pouring out of me. And then the, the laughter and alignment of like, oh my gosh, it's not about, it's not about this drum and how it sounds and if it works or whatever's going to happen. It's like this moment, <laughs> this moment specifically that I have something special. I have something unique. I have something different. That's a problem, air quotes, problem. And the attention is on me for doing something air quote wrong. <laughs> and everyone loves me and everyone's here for me and I'm not alone. And it's not bad. It's not bad to stand out and do something wrong or imperfect. 
like look how held you can be how magical that is like that's what I remember it's so good (laughs) it's so good thank you thank you for sharing thank you for letting us share the story and thank you for giving us your perspective yeah thank you yeah it's beautiful so she's clearly clearly a super powerful lady yeah and but she's also what we haven't touched upon yet she is extremely well versed in the enneagram and the the approach of like ego structure and the different ways that that people think and feel and act and make choices and it's just I I am grateful for my friendship with Megan because I feel like I'm always getting this opportunity to see from from a broader um truer lens so okay Megan so can I ask you about the neogram go for it okay who do you think you would be without the enneagram Oh, wow. Her eyes got so big. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's such an interesting question. Wow. It's so hard to imagine because I've known about and used the Enneagram for over three years now. And the person who I was at that time uh, was very not self-aware and hurting so badly and not knowing what to do about it. Like very caught in a shame spiral of I'm the only one. And there's something fundamentally flawed with me. And, and yet like the essence knowing this isn't real, like this can't be it. This isn't everything. This isn't who you really are. And just being so confused about it. And then when I was ready, the tool appeared and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Now I understand what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, how it was helpful in a sense um, of getting me to this place. And now what I can choose to do about it. Yeah, if I didn't have the Enneagram, I think I'd, I probably would still be hurting in a lot of ways. Hmm. So um, two things for those of the, our listeners who might not be familiar with what the Enneagram is, could you do a brief explanation? And also what specifically drew you to like throw yourself into these studies? Yeah. Okay. So Sam is kind of saying this Enneagram touches on ego structure. Mm-hmm. So there's personality, right? Like, oh, are you outgoing or friendly? Like there are things that you could try to be. There are like different traits you could try to have for a reason, or you could try to work on different skills. But ego structure is really like a sort of identity. Like who does your ego think that you are? What are the, the beliefs and the fears and the patterns that you have? This is me. And these other things are not me. And the Enneagram says that there are nine different ego structures. We all have one that we default to, one pattern that gets so ingrained and uh, patterned and wired in there, just running in a groove. And so that's the one that we rely on the most. So people will say you have a type. 
that's the, the one that you sort of default to then all the time. And that's your, your number in quotes. So one of the nine, um, we really have all nine types within us. We have access to all of them, all of the gifts and all of the, the pieces of essence and all of the defenses as well. But yes, one that we default to. And so they're, they all have names, one through, one through nine, there are numbers and then also names that go with each of them. And then is that good for an overview? Or? Yeah, that, that feels okay. good to me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then what got me into this? I guess some of my background story. So before I turned 30, I was deep into eating disorders and not in a great mental space or physical health space and started reaching out to someone for help and was doing different things sort of nutritionally and functionally with my body. And then really opened my eyes to like, oh, you have anxiety and depression and a lot of wounds that you haven't addressed. Like maybe we can start working through some of those too. And you know how the universe works. I just randomly saw a workshop down the street for me about Enneagram. I had never heard the word before. Uh, but something about self-awareness or perspective and things like that. And I was like, all right, that sounds like something I need. So I went and went to the workshop. She, the facilitator there talked for a couple hours about the Enneagram and the types. We didn't do any kind of test or anything. It was like an overview. And she had mentioned, and this is the philosophy that a lot of facilitators will say, it works best if you type yourself rather than taking a test. So I sat on it looked through the material she gave us and went online. I, my first gut instinct was I'm a seven. That's like the core of me, but I've forgotten what that is or like how to be that. And mm. then I realized later that a one in growth goes to seven. <laughs> um, and I woke up the next morning and I was like, I'm a one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So ever since then, I was like, yeah. I mean, I think it probably is a sort of one kind of thing <laughs> that the ego's like, well, I need to be better. I need to get better. And I think that probably is where it started was, was an ego driven thing of like, I need, I need to be better, um, using quotes again. And, and then eventually it landed in my heart, in my body that I am good. I am good <laughs> already. There is no being better. Um, and like feeling that goodness allowed me to like, keep going and be like, I want to, I want to experience that and feel that all the time. Like, how do I keep healing the parts of me that don't believe that or don't fully understand that yet? And so the Enneagram really helps me see where am I getting stuck or, um, what are some places where EO is striving and essence isn't fully online. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Great. Great descriptions for both of them. So thank you for that. Will you just quickly go through and say the essences of each nine, these gifts? Yes. Okay. Cause so, I feel like people will be like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's me. Or maybe is that me? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I was trying to see, let me grab my note one second. No problem. Not a problem. Hey Sam, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. <laughs> okay. Just looking at her cat. 
Uh, I'm so grateful that he's at least being quiet. Okay, so I usually start with the eight. So the way that I talk about the Enneagram, there are three different centers. So there's a body center, a heart center, and a head center, and there's three types in each. So nine different types on the Enneagram. You can divide that into three, many different ways. That's why we're doing three different workshops that are three hours each. So <laughs> lots of um, triads here, but starting with the type eight, which is in the body center, type eight is the challenger. Their gifts are strength, aliveness, and immediacy. So really, and I'll take one step back before I talk more on that, but the, the gifts are essence. They're things that we are. And so again, we have all of these, we all have all of these, but we sort of forget that we are these or that we have these, that, that these are inside of us. And so the ego takes over and tries to mimic them or recreate them and force them to be rather than allowing them to be. So the eight with strength and aliveness can tend to try to appear more strong. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be vulnerable and really effort into the strength. Uh, type nine, the peacemaker, the gifts are wholeness, unity, and being. So really the type nine remembers that we're all one, we're all connected. Um, and when, it, when forgetting that can try to create harmony, can try to create harmony around me, create unity, don't, don't have conflict around me because I want us to all be unified and whole. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, sound familiar at all? <laughs> uh, I will not remain anonymous. That's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with <laughs> She's like, inside, I'm really mad, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. I'm just going to keep going. All right. Type one reformer. So the gifts are goodness, sacredness, and purity. So yeah, again, the efforting for perfection rather than the sort of accepting and serenity that everything is as it, as it is, should be. Yeah. Yes. I, you looking at me. So yes. <laughs> very much, very much. Holy perfection is something I'm working through. It's your gift. It is. That's right. It's my essence. It's my gift. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Okay. So the next center, so the heart center type two, the helper, their gifts are love, sweetness, and nurturing. So we are these things. We don't have to give, we don't have to give endlessly. We don't have to like do what everyone else wants all the time and have pride in how much we give. It's like, we're included. We get love too. We are love. Mm. The type three achiever gifts are value, glory, and preciousness. So the three can kind of effort into what does everyone think is successful? What is everyone going to respect me for? What is everyone going to give me money or uh, status or achievement or recognition <laughs> for when really I already am valuable? I don't have to create an image or do things to know that I am already valuable. The type four individualist gifts are identity, depth, and beauty. 
type four is probably the most complex type and it's a little difficult, I think, for me to explain sometimes. I've spent a lot of time in the four space, but um, there's this aspect of like wanting to be seen, but wanting to be unique, but they already are unique. And we, you know, like this, this sort of creating of this fantasy world where everything is so deep and beautiful, but it, it already is instead of trying to create that fantasy, like remembering that it already is that way. Um, and then the next center, so the head center is type five, the investigator. So their gifts are knowledge, clarity, and illumination. So again, this seeking of knowledge and wanting to understand everything and reading all the books or becoming an expert in something rather than trusting in what they already know and that they already have all of the facts and, and can bring, uh, bring it all together. Type six, the loyalist. Gifts are awakeness, commitment, and loyalty. So the type six can sort of forget some of these things and be a little more feel fearful or anxious of all the worst case scenario or what could happen, but really just when we're present and we're all present together, we, we are here, we're awake, we're alert, we know what's going on and we have what we need and we can do it together. There's this very much like sense of like communal safety with a six. And then type seven, the enthusiast, gifts are freedom, positivity, and joy. And so that seven can maybe forget those things and sort of effort into like, I have to do all these things and I'm gonna go do this adventure and go here and go here. But really we can have joy and freedom in any moment. It's not about the experiences that we seek that are going to give us any sort of fulfillment. Like we have to find the fulfillment within ourselves and being grateful for what we have right now. Thank you. You're welcome. I love the the specific word that you use that we effort, we effort into these things. I really, really love that. Is that something that you were taught or that's something that you came up with? Yes. So a lot of my training is through Enneagram Prison Project, which they teach Enneagram in prisons and jails. And during the pandemic, mm -hmm. they turned their programming outward. Um, because they weren't allowed to go into prisons and jails and started offering it to the public. And so I took um, about 150 hours of training through them virtually over the past two and a half years. And the way that they speak about the Enneagram has really influenced the way that I speak about it is that they're coming from a place of, of wholeness, of love, of we already are everything that we, that we need and how do we remember, how do we get back to that place? Um, and so that's a word that they've used in their training is yeah, that our, our ego and, and us is efforting to create or mimic, recreate or mimic these gifts. Yeah. There was, um, I think it was one of the lives, the Instagram lives that you did with April Klein that I, I want to say that she made this comment. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Where a lot of the times when you go to look up, let's say you've typed yourself or you've been typed and you start to investigate it. A lot of the stuff that you look online is, is like, what's to your detriment, mm -hmm. right? Not what's to the, uh, what should be effortless. It's, this is what you should work on. If this is your Enneagram number or what so to watch really, out for or to what exactly. So I really, really love the way that 
you said it was called the Enneagram prison project. Yep. I really love how they've created that. And that's exactly the type of language that the souls that are incarcerated should be spoken to, right? It should be with that softness and that beauty might not be the right word, but that's how I'm seeing it right now. So I really love that. Yeah. Their tagline is freeing people all over the world from the prisons of our own making. Oh, so. yeah. Yes. I will add that. Um, their link into the show notes. Do you know if they're still doing training on the outward? Cause you said that they were in the prison system. Yes, they are. I think they're scaling back a little bit. They are most of the public programming that they do also is to train guides to go into prisons and jails. So if uh-huh. that's something that is interesting and of interest to people, mm. um, they have a program for that. Beautiful. Well, I love when you talk about it. To me, it sounds exactly like the way ego is um outlined in Vedic scripture and and that the ego is the thing that separates us from our true nature and it mm-hmm. it creates a sense of separation that I am different from you I am different from the infinite source mm-hmm. right and then that's like essentially at the heart of all turmoil is that there's a separateness and and the way you just explained it is like that's the whole thing is like ego's job is to like create this false idea of separateness and then we yeah. work extra hard to look like buffoons when we're already the thing anyways (laughs) yes that's a great description (laughs) but I will say so I'm I learn more and more about you know each each number obviously each each person that I encounter that that I am aware of their type and we have um a seven a a beautiful incredible seven in our lives and um I thought you were smiling with and so (laughs) So like their gifts, right? Because you can, you can identify their gifts, like in a heartbeat when, when they're present and when they're living into them. And recently we were together, Sarah, you weren't there. It was before you'd gotten there and it was me, Megan and the seven and another individual. And it was like, it was like kind of like downtime, but there was like also like energy to like do things. And we were in at the temple hosting. I, I was like facilitating the temple as a container. I mean, more or less, I wasn't, I wasn't like supposed to be leading anything, but, but then I just kept offering like things to do. Like, what do people want to do? (laughs) like we could do this we could do this and the seven goes I need you to chill out (laughs) that's what you can do and because the seven was like painting in a corner and was like I'm having a great time like this is (laughs) the fun is here you know like we don't have to work hard to create the fun like you can chill out right I love that I love that uh I do want to ask because so when I took the test to find out who I am I did it old school. So the Enneagram Institute, our teacher printed it off. This was back when it was free. So she printed off the questionnaire and we created this grid. And it wasn't until you got towards the very end that you could kind of see, oh, this is how the grid is working out. And I am very much, I'm the oneiest one that ever did one according to the test that I took. But then I was also balanced on either side with nine and two. They had even answers on either side. Now at that time, that's how I was, how it was explained to me, how you would find your wing. So could you go into a little bit about what a wing is? Yes. So 
a wing is a number that's on either side of you. So for the one, the nine and the two are on either side of that number within the circle. So the wing sort of gives a little bit of flavor to how your mean type structure shows up. So a, not, a one with a nine wing is typically a little more introverted, um, appears on the outside to be like maybe more calm and reserved um, and has more of the, I guess, understanding maybe of the nine type that like we're all one and, and that sort of like thought pattern happening. Whereas the one with the two wing would generally be a little bit more extroverted and like wanting to help people and, and maybe fix things like for other people and with the people and um, yeah, leaning more into like needing love and appreciation from that side. So what would you say to a one who has balanced wings? Cause it was the same answer on either side. And I thought, what, how much of a fucking one am I that I have balanced wings? And so like, they're perfect. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if necessarily the test will pick up on that as well. Like from a numerical standpoint, I don't know. I think it's more of like, again, observing yourself over time yeah. and how do you see your patterns? But, um, it is, it, it can be that you have both wings balanced. Typically we will lean into one more than the other, but it can be that you have balanced wings. It's kind of like with all of the Enneagram, right? We're all of the nine types. Mm -hmm. um, how do we remember the gifts and the wholeness that we already are? So we have an option to lean into all of the types and say like, do I want to respond in this scenario from my ego structure of a one? Do I want to respond from an mm. ego structure of a two or from a nine or would actually responding from a place of all of them yeah. <laughs> or picking up some of the four, picking up some of the six, you yeah. know, like how do I pick up all of these things to respond in this situation from mm. like my whole essence? And so if you have balanced swings, it's maybe giving you a little bit more resource in some areas um, to draw on. Thank you. You're welcome. I think that's one of the reasons why Sam and I work so well together is because I'm a one with at least a nine balanced wing and she's a nine with a one balanced wing. I think that's the reason why, well, I'm not the only, but definitely a factor <laughs> in why we <laughs> work so well together. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that, is that like a thing, Megan, the way that yeah. like people plug together and, and balance each other out or... Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing that a lot of people would say is all the types can work well together. Like there is no quote perfect match or if you're this, then you should marry this. Or if you're this, then you should have this job. Like there's not a this, then this kind of relationship mm -hmm. with the Enneagram, because again, it's a tool for self-awareness to remind you we're all of these things and all of people are all of these things. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you probably it's easier to understand where someone's coming from <laughs> right. if they're your same type or like type. Um, for sure. There are types that have the same sort of thought pattern, I guess. Yeah. Can Okay. I'd like to ask another question. So the language you keep using is that it's like the ego awareness for the Enneagram. So what in your professional opinion makes this a more encompassing as opposed to looking at something like the DISC method or 
I can't, there's another one where it's like, Meyer I Briggs. Is yeah. it the Meyer Briggs or it's like mm-hmm. IDKJF? So I don't, I don't know them. Um, so what would you say is the, the differentiating factor and, and why maybe Enneagram might be a little bit more, I don't want to say superior, but like might be more intuitive. Yeah. So there are certain tools. I don't, I've heard of DISC, but I don't specifically know about it, but there are some that are like based on, uh, like I'll use quotes again, brain styles or thinking styles. Mm -hmm. So we're not just a brain, right? Like we actually are a heart and a body. We have all of these parts and and ways of thinking and, and knowing. So the Enneagram brings in those other aspects, which I really love. Um, and it's like MBTI Myers-Briggs is I think more personality based again, like introversion, extroversion on a, on a spectrum, like we're not just introverted or extroverted either. Like that's a spectrum and we can float in between in different scenarios Mm -hmm. or are you sensing or perceiving? I mean, just those words, like, Mm. I don't know, like both, (laughs) like a lot of (laughs) when I took it, I landed in the middle of a lot of those things. It's like, it depends on the situation. I think the Enneagram really points out these are patterns that really don't change until you like really actively put some effort into changing them. This is something that starts really young in life mm-hmm. and just gets patterned in there. And it, it doesn't feel like a choice. Like the Enneagram is showing you where you don't have choice almost. Mm-hmm. Like it just, this is just how I am. This is just what I do. This is how I operate until someone brings awareness to that. Like it just feels like who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know. It's been really, really powerful for me to be like, uh, oh, you mean I shove down anger? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, people don't see my skin boiling and my mm-hmm. fingers curling with how yeah. mad I am right now. Like, but that's what I feel on the inside. Oh, okay. So now what do I do with that? Like it, it, I think brings a lot of awareness to just so many different aspects of being a human. Mm-hmm. So good. It's all so good. So Sam, do you have anything before I ask another question? Cause I just want to say love interviewing about stuffing down anger. I just want to say, I know a thing or two about it. (laughs) (laughs) And also this morning, there's this whole hoopla with like my internet and then they try to get you to buy cell phone. And I was like, I just want to cancel my internet. This was this morning. And I was like, trying to be very, very kind to the person who continued to keep me on the phone and told me that there was nothing they could do for me. And I could, I was just like, I being mean to them was not the right choice. So I was like intentionally calling upon patients and trying to be kind. And then afterwards I mark out Megan about, you know, how, <laughs> how fucking broken the system is. And she was like, Mark would be back. But I hope you like scream in the shower. And I, it didn't <laughs> even occur to me that like, that I, that I actually am angry and that like, maybe I should scream about it. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's so severed from my awareness that like, it doesn't exist in me. And then I'm, I have no, I I don't even know that I'm angry until someone's like, do you think maybe you should like let your anger out? And I'm like, (laughs) you know what? I'm having some bullshit. So it's good. It, it, it legitimately reduces suffering. Cause when I asked who would you be without the Enneagram, I'd probably still be suffering. Like it, it like day by day, it presents an opportunity to make every choice one in which you can reduce your suffering. And it's an incredibly powerful tool. Mm, yeah. 
Do you have any, for people who don't necessarily want to become certified in it, do you have any recommended reading or anything like that, that you could offer? Yes. Yes. So I've some books with me. So, okay. The road back to you. I mean, I'll show this to you all, but our guests won't be able to see. Could you take Um, a picture of their spine? Like set them on top of one another and just send us a picture of the spine. I can do that. Cool. Cool. Is this book was really helpful for understanding the types in a more like day-to-day type, like day-to-day living. So I'll just share the example from a one. It was talking about like, if you get a grill and you're putting a grill together and you have all the parts and you're putting all the parts together and then you're missing a screw, the type one's like, nope, I'm not putting this together. I'm missing a screw. And then I'm going <laughs> to call the company and they're going to give me my screw back because they didn't do this right. And then they better do quality control on the rest of their grills to make sure everyone else has all their screws. I was like, okay, I feel sane. <laughs> this might be me. <laughs> <laughs> and also I just want to offer out there from a person who used to work at a uh, big box <laughs> lumber store. Absolutely. Always take them up on assembling your grill. That shit is no joke. Just let them do it. Just let them do it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's not um, worth the stress people. Yes. And it's usually oh. free. I will say too that um, the Enneagram has like sort of been co-opted maybe is the word by Christianity in a sense. Like there are certain churches that use the Enneagram as a tool and like certain writers will use that. So this book, The Road Back to You does mention God. Um, I That's not like specifically what I subscribe to as a term, but I got through the book with an understanding for me and how I would apply it for myself. So I would just say that if that really puts you off, like that's in, in the book. Thank you. Um, this book, the essential Enneagram is super short. This is good for like typing yourself. Like there's a, a quiz in here. It talks about each of the types. And then there's a section where like you can compare two types. So if you're like, I'm not sure if I'm a seven or a one, it will compare mm. those two and then you can mm-hmm. see what the differences are. So the essential Enneagram is good for finding your type. And then the wisdom of the Enneagram thick book. That's a thick is, one. Three C's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This one is really, really in depth for better understanding your type. Um, it will talk through defense mechanisms and social roles and um, ways that we kind of can get stuck. There's um, levels of development. So levels of health or levels of presence really. So the more present we are, the more, oh gosh, healthy wants to come play. <laughs> the more, uh, present we are, the more that we're operating from essence, right? Like we've healed wounds that are keeping me stuck in the past. I'm fully here in this moment. I can show up with all of my nine types with all of my essence and gifts. The more present we are, the less we need ego, um, the less present we are, the less that we're unhealed or stuck in something, the more we're, we're running off of ego. And mm. so this book kind of outlines what it looks like to be in those different levels of health or what you need to watch out for, or how you might want to, um, work through moving up the levels. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I have one more question. Okay. Okay. So when you started going through the gifts, you started with eight and you tell us why. Yes. So, um, the 
three different centers, right? So body, heart, and head, just like kind of working the way up. So starting like physically down lower, eight, nine, and one are more based on gut instinct, senses, what's happening in how our physical body is like interpreting information and using that. So starting just like lower and moving up is, yeah, how I typically talk about it. It Beautiful. feels like a much more intuitive and mm -hmm. um, feminine approach compared to like the linear left brain approach of like, we start with one because one comes first. Right. And it's like not actually the way that it is experienced in like this human physical experience. Yeah. And even the, the symbol for the Enneagram mm -hmm. is not linear. So if you look up Enneagram, you're going to see the symbol. It's like a half circle. And like each one is going to this one and that one to this one. It's a, it's an interesting icon. Yes. Is, there's so yeah. much symbolism in, in the symbol of the Enneagram itself. Um, and that's actually how the tool was started was based on the symbol. It wasn't like a personality or, or ego thing first. It was mm. a symbol first that had different movements and somatic practices and different ways of being that were associated with it. And then later, like more recently in, in our time, in our life, um, was the ego structure adopted and applied to it. So, oh, there's so many layers or so many things to pull back yes. and feel back. We'll talk about yeah. a lot of this stuff at our workshops. I'm really perfect. excited. That's, to have that's time. literally is the perfect segue, segue because, okay. So again, temple of the rebel goddess in Dayton, Ohio. Megan will be teaching three classes. The first one is in January, just a few weeks away. And then the next one is in February, Sam, am I correct? Yeah. So a Neogram, the first one is like unspoken level one, because it's like, it's foundational information mm -hmm. and that's January 14th. Uh, a Neogram level two is February 19th. So you could technically, if you already aware, if you already are aware of the Enneagram and, and how it works and how it moves, you could come to level two and level three without, if you're not, if you're unable to come to level one. Um, and then the third Enneagram class is March 5th. And is, what's that? Is there an overall theme of that one? No, just getting deeper. Deeper, deeper in the deeper. levels. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Okay. So clearly you're going to be at the temple once or twice this year and who knows what the remainder of the year brings us. But if somebody wanted to work with you, do you do one-on-one? -on -one? Are you doing consultations? How can other people work with you and where can they find you? Yes. I am most active on Instagram at Megan Conley, Megan with an extra A, M-E-A-G-A-N. And then, uh, yeah, I I'm totally open to working one-on-one -on -one with folks. If you want to do a session where we help talk through what your type is, and we just talk one time to help figure out your type, that's fine. And if you want to do ongoing partnerships to uh, keep moving through and working with your type structure, we can talk through what options that looks like. Perfect. And then, uh, is there anywhere else? Cause I know that you're doing some stuff with April. Is there anywhere else that you're providing in-person classes? Mm, not yet. Okay. Um, soon, soon to like be announced, I guess, and made more official. There's a place in Cincinnati. So I'm in Cincinnati um, and Sarah and Sam are up in Dayton. And uh, there's a place in Cincinnati that's opening a studio, Flourish Ayurveda, where I'll be doing some classes with them. Beautiful. Wonderful. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, is there anything else that you feel like you would like to talk about or offer before, before this 
amazing interview <laughs> comes to an end because this has really been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I I don't think so. I mean, I really could talk forever about Enneagram and also about the retreat and how much I love both of you. So maybe <laughs> we shouldn't make this a five-hour podcast and <laughs> I will just say thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. It's our pleasure to have you. Yeah. Do you feel complete? I feel complete. Megan, yes. you feel complete? Perfect. Perfect. Till next time. Bye. Thank you.